0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: All right. Well, hey, welcome. Happy Mother's Day. I'm so excited I get to be with you all this weekend. And just real quick, I want to say hello to everyone out at our TCI campus and everyone out at our Boardman campus. Hey, I love you guys. Miss you. I know it's been awesome there. But guys, it's been so awesome to be back here this weekend. I've seen so many faces already that I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in like two years, I feel like. I don't even know if it's been two years, but it feels like two years. Maybe it's been 10. I don't don't know. Uh, But yeah, I'm just really excited to be here with you guys. And like Pastor Joe said, my name is Erin. I'm his daughter-in-law, and I am married to Joe Jr. down here, who you guys heard a couple weeks ago. Um, He's pretty cool, I guess. Um, (laughs) Um, And we've got two beautiful kiddos. They were in that video, but I actually brought a picture. This is us just kind of in our element, out at BC Boardman, representing, you know, um, being silly, because that's just what we do. Um, But Joey over here, he's about to be 10, and Riley is about to be 8, and I'm like... Oh my gosh, I am getting really old. Uh, Maybe not really, but about to be 32, and I can't believe that. Um, Joe and I have now been married almost 12 years together, 17, and I'm like, I can't even. I can't even finish that sentence, you know what I mean? Like, it's just nuts. So I'm just really excited, though, I get to be here with you guys, and um, when Pastor Joe asked me, honestly, I was like, listen, do you know what I do? Like, I sing. I don't speak. (laughs) So I had to pray about this. And um, of course, you know, when I say pray, like I just had to think about it and calm myself down, right? No, that's so wrong. I really do pray about things that I say I'm going to pray about. Um, I'm not that unspiritual, I promise. So as I did that, um, I felt like God was saying, hey, yeah, go for it. Do it. But just be you. Don't feel like you need to fit any mold or uh, fit into somebody else's shoes. Just Be who you are. But today, my message title is actually Scarred for Life. Um, Last fall, Joe and I finally got to take our kids to Disney World for the first time, and so it was so much fun. It was amazing and magical and like everything that you can imagine. And then a bunch of other things that you don't imagine, like it being completely exhausting and stressful and expensive right? Yeah. Like you think it's expensive, like getting the tickets and then you get there and you're like, what? Like a whole nother budget you need just for that. So anyways, we had so much fun. Honestly, we really did. Um, Time really must heal all wounds that I'm saying that right now because yeah, I left there thinking I never want to go back and I'm already like, okay, let's go. It's all right. It's all good. Mickey and Minnie, they're good stuff. But so as the parent of two young kids, if you've ever been to Disney with kids, you kind of know like you have to divide and conquer sometimes. And especially to get your money's worth, you want to make sure your kids are actually like, getting to do what they want to do, right? So while we were there, Joe and I honestly like, split up quite a bit. Like he was, yeah, that happened a lot. You know? It was, actually, I was laughing when you said it's so great when kids are making noise, we love it. I was like, wow, you're not a mom. You are not a mom. Um, So I'm so ADD. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we split up all the time, and Joe was taking Joey to uh, ride the roller coasters, the, you know, really crazy fun rides, and I was taking Riley to meet all the princesses, which was really fun. But by the fourth day, we were kind of like, I wish we could be together. Like, we're so just apart. We're exhausted. Like, Let's just be together. So it was actually our first day at Animal Kingdom. And so I think that's kind of the perfect park to kind of stick together, because there's not really many like crazy rides. There's not many really like baby rides, or even princess meetings for that matter. So we decided we're doing it. I don't care what our kids say, we're just sticking together. So one of the rides Joey really wanted to ride was Expedition Everest. And that is a roller coaster. Not a crazy roller coaster, though, So, and I knew this because I did a bunch of research before we went, trying to be that good mom, you know, the blogger type Pinterest. Yeah, that's not me, (laughs) but I tried really hard, and so I did some research on all the rides the kids wanted to ride, and this one, I looked up something to the effect of, like, is this ride too scary or too fast for my seven-year-old? And everything I saw was pretty good and I actually found this one blog from this dad and that honestly should have tipped me off right there. Um, that He was talking about how his five-year-old daughter loved it so much and she was smiling the whole time and laughing and so I'm like, all right, yeah, she can do this. I know she can do this. A five-year-old can do this, like Riley can totally, like she's so spunky. She can handle this. So. Um, when I told Riley that she was gonna ride this ride, <laughs> she was less than thrilled, but as a parent, you're always trying to kind of find that line of like, you know, should I push my kids over? <laughs> like not in that way, but like, you know, the line of fear, right? Like we want them to experience new things. We want them to conquer fears, all of that. But then there's that line of like, this is too much. Like this is gonna scar them for life kind of thing. And so. I felt like this was one of those things she was gonna look back and be like, mom, I loved that ride, can we ride it again? That she'd be thanking me and hugging me and kissing me. And so we're going through the line and she's just like not excited at all. And she's just very like, mom, I don't wanna ride this, I don't want ride this. And I'm like, I don't care, you're riding the ride. I do not care, you're riding the ride. We're already up here, we've waited two hours. <laughs> you're riding the ride. So we get in, they strap us in and like, it's not just this little like seatbelt that goes across your waist, you know, like they are like strapping you in. And I'm like, okay, this might be a little more than I thought, but we're there. There's no going back at this point. So the ride takes off and immediately, I'm pretty sure I get whiplash. Like the rest of the trip, my neck like killed me. And honestly, I think I deserved it. (gasps) Um, And so, it's kind of scary too, like in these dark tunnels with abominable snowmen jumping out at you and like, crazy. And so just when you think it can not get worse, it actually comes to this abrupt stop over like this edge and it looks like the track is gonna end and it's kind of this really like freaky moment. And then, it goes completely backwards. And I think that was more traumatizing than going forwards, honestly. I don't know why, but it was. So the ride came to an end, it stopped, and uh, Riley did not give me hugs and kisses. She did not thank me. Um, Actually, she was literally trembling. She was crying. I felt so bad. And I knew in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, there's no question in my mind, I scarred her for life. Like, literally, no question, I am sure that I did. So, of course, being the good parents that Joe and I are, you know, uh, Disney has a gift shop after every ride because you need a souvenir from every single ride. (laughs) So, of course, we're like, Riley, anything you want. Anything in here you want, you can have it. I know, we're great parents, guys. (laughs) So, knowing Riley, like, she is a gift person, and she doesn't turn down gifts at all, but she wanted nothing to do with these gifts. Like, that is not Riley. And actually, why did this happen? I don't know, but we decided to take a picture in the gift shop, and I brought it. Yes, take a look at that face. That is straight up terror. (laughs) Like, she, that is like, I've been through something real. Like, that is not just like a, I'm crocodile tearing it up, like, she was not happy. So, of course, later on, like, Riley was totally cool to find another gift shop and spend $6,000 on a stuffed animal, and (laughs) it was all good. But, you know, she deserved that $6,000 stuffed animal because I scarred her for life. You know, I love how um, scars have awesome stories sometimes. They're usually really fascinating and Sometimes you encounter that like one crazy guy that's like, I got the scars to prove it, you know? And it's like this crazy, like ridiculous story that you definitely cannot believe. But all scars have a story. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're scars that, you know, you wish you didn't have. But some are, are a reminder of life. Uh, I think all of us at least have one scar, I think, in this room, and that would be your belly button. Yeah, and so maybe you don't remember that story, but your mom definitely remembers that story. I guarantee that. And she is more than willing to tell you every detail. And your dad could fill in the rest of the details, you know, like all the ones you don't want to (laughs) hear. Dad's are really good at that. And so, yeah, that's a good scar. Moms, what about all those other little scars, you know, that you get from growing that child? All those beautiful beautiful stretch marks. You know, let's give it up for stretch marks, right? <laughs> I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, those are, those are good scars. Those came out of something that was life, right? But sometimes there are scars in our life that don't come from anything good. They come from things that usually feel like death. You know, maybe it's the death of your hopes and dreams. Maybe it's the death of a relationship, maybe it's the death of a loved one, whatever it might be. Sometimes these scars feel like death. But one thing I do know for certain is that a scar actually cannot be formed on a dead body, can only be formed on a living body. So that tells me that scars are actually proof of life. So our Savior, Jesus, he knows a couple things about scars. So I wanted to read to you guys after his resurrection, as he started to appear to his disciples. And we're going to pick up in Luke 24, 36. It says this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It is I myself, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Now, as the story goes, Thomas was not there with the disciples, so the disciples had to fill in Thomas and tell him, hey, Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus is alive. We saw his scars, we saw his wounds, we touched them, which I think is kind of strange, but they did. And so Thomas, being the doubter that he was, said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And I touched the wounds for myself, which still, I don't understand that. But John 20, 26 says this. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and touch my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. So in this moment, Thomas believed, just like the disciples believed above. After Jesus showed them his wounds, after Jesus showed him the very scars that he received from rejection, abandonment, betrayal, humiliation, the worst torture, honestly, that you could ever imagine. Jesus took those scars and he identified himself by those scars. Those scars were the very scars that proved to them that he was dead, but now he's alive. And that the work of the cross really even happened in the first place. You see, instead of Jesus being scarred for life, he chose to be scarred for life. Jesus took what was meant for death and he leveraged it to bring life to every single one of us in this place. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your descendants might live. I love this. It's just a reminder, a very simple reminder that we have a choice too. You know, because of what Jesus did in bringing that life, we also have the choice to view our scars out of the light of death or the light of life. And so today, we can choose to be scarred for life or scarred for life, to give life, to bring life. You know, one of the sayings I hear most often is this, that as Christians, we're called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. As I read these above passages, it's never, ever occurred to me until a few weeks back. But I read these passages and I just, I saw this come alive for the first time that if we're supposed to be the hand and the feet of Jesus, and those are the very things that bear the scars, and they're the very things that he presented as a first foot forward to identify who he was, and to testify of the cross? And if we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, how much more should we be showing our scars? Our scars testify of who he is, what he's done, how he set us free and saved us. And people will believe because of that. You know, in our lives, what Satan means for death, Jesus brings life from it if we choose. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So a few months ago, a few friends and myself decided to start a connect group in Boardman. It's called Coffee and She, and it is for girls. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, some of you single guys are like, hey, you got any single girls? In there? Yeah, we do, but stay away, all right? Yeah. Um, but we have so much fun. But the whole point of it was we wanted to create this environment to where girls could start to just be real with each other. Um, Honestly, when we look around, we just see so many people putting up this front and this wall of, like, perfection. Like, I have it together. Listen, I've never been through anything. You don't know. But really, the truth is that they've been through a ton. They just want you to think they've never been through anything to protect themselves, right? And so how do we protect ourselves? We keep people at a distance. And so we felt like when we looked around, we saw all these girls just walking around with their hands in their pockets, you know, so to speak. And when your hands are in your pockets, you really can't embrace someone. You can't bring someone close. They're at a certain distance. you know. There's always going to be that distance there. So we decided to sit down and share our stories. So we decided to take our hands out of our pockets and show them our scars, show them our wounds. And as we did that, honestly, it's been so incredible because we didn't know what to expect, but as we began to do that, honestly, the first night, a group of about 30 girls started to just take their hands out of their pockets too. And they began to just show their scars and their weaknesses and say, this is what I've been through. I think it's so powerful to know sometimes that we're not alone. The other people have been through things, you're not the only one. You know, I saw this certain theme running throughout all of the stories that night, and the theme was definitely one of shame. It was one of isolation and it's a theme that I definitely know well. See, when I was a little girl, I was sexually abused as a child, and although my parents were amazing, my family was amazing, I didn't feel like I could tell them. Um, honestly, the thought never crossed my mind. I wanted to keep it inside, I wanted to hide it, I wanted it to just go away. I wanted to pretend like it didn't happen, really. And so that's what I did, I pretended like it didn't happen, but the feelings of shame, they were always there. And so as I went through my life, you know, honestly, I didn't make too many crazy, bad decisions as a teenager, but the few that I did really scarred me. And so one night, I decided I was going to lie to my parents and tell them that I was going to go to a movie, but instead I went to a party. I had never drank alcohol, until this point, so that night, I decided I was going to do it. And I took a couple sips from just a random dirty Gatorade bottle that someone handed me, and so I don't really know what was in it. But the next thing I knew, I was laying on a bed, unable to move, being taken advantage of by two guys. Not one, two. And so if you can imagine how I felt, Not knowing, first of all, what alcohol was supposed to do to me, I thought, okay, maybe this was normal, and I brought this on. One of the guys I had a crush on, and so, if you can imagine, I felt very confused as, did I give him some sort of signal that this is what I wanted? There was a lot of time I couldn't remember anything, and I have no idea. So I walked around not telling a single soul, because I felt like it was me, I was ashamed, I was dirty, I was guilty. I felt, uh-uh. So time went on. When I was 18, I uh, was diagnosed with something called endometriosis, and this is just a very painful condition for women in their childbearing years. And honestly, for as long as I can remember, in my adolescence, like I would be in excruciating pain every month, every single month. I mean, honestly, there were times I would, find myself in a public place, on the floor, crying out for someone to help me because I thought, honestly, like I was dying. And I don't just say that like flippantly, like I literally a couple times thought I was dying. Um, It was embarrassing, it was not fun. And so after a few trips to the ER, a surgery here and there, I ended up being put on heavy duty painkillers every month. Just for as long as you know you could foresee, because that was my story. So life went on, and you know, Joe and I got married, and as any married couple does, you go through things, right? You're getting to know each other, you're trying to find out about each other. and he was going through his things, and I was going through my things, even though I honestly didn't realize the things I was going through, because I was burying them. But we just had this kind of conflict, of course. I think this is normal, this happens in a lot of marriages, but for me, it was compounded, and then the straw that broke the camel's back was after we had our first miscarriage. Honestly, the loss, the devastation, and the pain that I felt, it's something that I can't really completely put into words. I think the thing, though, that surprised me the most was the amount of shame that I felt. And honestly, I'm like, why would you have shame for a miscarriage? I honestly, I still don't know. I don't have the answer to that, except that shame is a liar. (laughs) And my whole entire life, even leading up to that, everything that happened to me, I always felt like it was my fault somehow. I did this somehow. And so that pain, was horrendous. I found myself medicating my physical pain, but also medicating my emotional pain. So I want to speak to someone out here today because I'm not naive enough to believe that everyone is just through things. They're on the other side of their battle, and y'all good. I don't believe that for a second. I know that there are people in here and people listening to the sound of my voice that You are going through things now. That shame feels so real to you now. That loneliness, that pain, right now. And maybe you even think, maybe this is the end of me, this is it. Maybe Satan thinks that too. But I'm here to tell you that it's not the end of you. And just like Satan tried to take me out, I rose up out of that pit of despair in that grave. Just like Jesus did. He rose up out of that grave. And he wants to do that for you. He wants to pull you up out of that pit. Even if it's a pit you put yourself in. Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to heal your life. He wants to forgive your sins. And he wants to set your feet on a solid rock. Revelation twelve ten says this. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Listen, yes, come on, that's right. Satan doesn't want you to share your scars. Satan doesn't want you to open your mouth and talk about what you've been through, what you're going through, Mm -mm. because he knows it's going to be the end of him, that you're going to overcome. He's not going to have a grip on you anymore. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want that. Satan's going to lie to you. He's going to say, you can't tell anyone because they won't understand, they don't get it. They will never trust me again. How about this one? They won't respect me. That's a lie I bought for a really long time, right? They're lies. Satan wants you to think that it's all about you, but the truth is that it's never actually been about you. It's always been about him. Always. It's always been about him. And when we share our scars in the light of Jesus' scars, they don't see you, they see him. And he's glorified and he is lifted high. Guys, today we can choose to be scarred for life or scarred for life. So choose life. There's a couple things that I've learned and one is sharing our scars brings life to us. So James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. A couple months after our miscarriage, I found myself in this moment of clarity that honestly, I can say, was God chasing me down, (laughs) fighting for me, pursuing me, When I made my bed in hell, he came after me. And I had this moment where I realized what I was doing. I realized that the pain that I was medicating was not just physical and it wasn't just okay. I was medicating my emotional pain. And it was controlling me. And it was not good. And I had this moment where I knew if you don't do something now, your story's gonna turn out a lot different than what you thought it was going to. And so by the grace of God and the strength of God that comes in our weakness, because when I'm weak, then I am strong because of him. It rose up on the inside of me and I was able to repent, throw those things away and confess. To my family. People I didn't even necessarily have to tell, but I knew I needed to bring them into my life to help me. Now, this wasn't easy, honestly. Like, the idea of the shame that comes from something like that, man, it doesn't feel real great thinking about that. But honestly, in that moment, I just decided I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. And I'm so thankful. For that moment. But you know, as I began to confess and I began to open up and get healing, there were things in my life I needed healing for that I didn't really realize I needed healing for. Honestly, those things that happened to me as a child and as a teen, I had buried so deep that I didn't realize that a lot of the things that I was doing was actually a result of the unresolved pain that I had in my life. And so as I began to talk to these people, it opened all these doors to start talking about what I had gone through. And for the first time, I began to actually get healing. See, when we share our scars, we share our stories, it brings life to us. Number two, though, when we share our scars, it brings life to others. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from him. As I shared with people, and honestly, even inadvertently, I don't know if I said that word right, (laughs) but selfishly even sometimes, just to get healing for myself, It was actually amazing, because something would happen to where, when I would take my hands out of my pockets and say, look, they would then take their hands out of their pockets and say, look. And the healing that came to them through the fact that I was bringing my pain to them was insane. And it's happened time and time and time again, and I honestly can't even tell you how many times, but. The thought of all of this just is amazing to me. And the whole purpose of the Coffee and She group it was based out of this because we walk around thinking nobody else goes through anything, thinking she has it all together. He has it all together. They've never struggled with the things I've struggled with, and the truth is that we all struggle with something. And if we could just be the hands and the feet of Jesus for a second then we would see that it's never been about us. It's always been about him. You know, I would also be lying to you to say that it's never been hard to share my story and to show my scars because it's been very hard sometimes. <laughs> like, honestly, this is hard. This is not just a cakewalk. <laughs> but moms know this really well. When you bring life to something, to anything, it can be painful, but it is so worth it. It's so worth it. Second Corinthians 417 says this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. Because we can choose to be scarred for life or scarred for life. Can we close our eyes in this place and bow our heads? You know, I think that God wants to do something in some lives tonight. I think there are people in here who, you need healing. You've got some scars hidden away, tucked away in your pockets and you've never showed anyone. I think right now, God is gonna just speak to your heart and he's just gonna show you who that person is that you could talk to. Maybe it's your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother. Maybe it's a son or a daughter, a friend, a pastor, a leader. Maybe it's the crisis hotline. God's gonna speak to your heart and show you where you can start. I also know that there are a group of people in here that maybe you've gotten healing. Maybe you've talked to a few people. But you're not fully being the hands and feet of Jesus that you know you're called to be. I think that there are more people that need to hear your story, that need to see your scars so that they can know they're not alone. I think God is gonna show you some of those people now and some of those ways that you could even share your story.
0: I also know that there's another group of people in here tonight.
1: And that's a group that you've never really even taken the first step in this. And that's showing Jesus your scars. Yeah, Jesus knows what you've been through, but the cool thing about God is that he gives us a choice. He lets us decide. The Bible says that if we would confess our sins to God, that he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So maybe you're in here and you're like, I know, I need to take that first step. I need to show God my scars, repent of my sins and turn. We're gonna pray a prayer in here all together. Every single person is gonna pray this prayer. But if that was you, that last invitation you want to show Jesus your scars. I want you to pray this prayer from your heart and mean it. And if you do, a miracle is about to happen. So just repeat after me, dear God, in this moment, I take my hands out of my pockets and I show you my scars, my wounds, my sins, everything that I've kept hidden. Jesus, I repent and I turn to you, I make you the Lord of my life. Have your way in me, in Jesus' name.
0: Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give.